Hey everyone, Joe here with the Modern Heathen Man. I want to thank you all for joining me today. Today is Odin's Day, or Odin's Dogger. Um, so we're going to hail him today. So hail Odin! Today on my podcast, I want to talk a little bit about being a heathen friend. The differences in heathen friends, as opposed to Christian friends, as opposed to just friends in general. Um... You know, what, what's expected of us? What should we do differently? What are we to get from what we do and things like that? So, with that said, we will dive in a bit. I know we all have friends. We all have people we consider friends. We all have acquaintances. And with the advent of um, Facebook, our friend line has become a little more blurred um, from what traditional we consider friends. But we're able to get to places we weren't able to get to before and deal with people we've never been able to deal with before. Um, with that said, there's some little things that go on there, and we have to look at those. And, you know, as a modern heathen today, with the Internet, I'm able to have friends in Iceland. I'm able to have friends in Sweden. I'm able to have friends all over the world that are heathen along with me. But then what is expected of me and what is expected of them from me? How do we deal with one another? How do we associate with one another? Another, wow, sorry about that, another. And how do we, as heathens, move forward with this new technology that we have in the modern age of the internet and Facebook and social media and all the things that allow us to, at our fingertips, get information, get people to contact, people to talk to, and sometimes in the same token, get chastised and, you know, told we're wrong. So with that said, that's what we're going to address today, and we're going to dive right in in a few moments here. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to talk about this and some other stuff, and then maybe this week I'll actually get my wife's take on it. Um, she's away right now and doing some stuff today, so I'll get her take on it, and we'll go from there. When we come back, Heathen friendship, what is expected of us? I look forward to talking with you guys today on the Modern Heathen Man. So grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself a chalice, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some coffee, grab yourself some cider, whatever you'd like to drink, and sit back, relax, and let's talk about heathen friendships. See you in a moment. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I was looking for some new stuff for my beard, and I was looking around, and I wanted something my wife would like as well. I was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy, that nourished it and kept it moist, and had a good scent to it as well. Um, so in discussing with my wife, we tried a few different things, and I found this wonderful heathen place called Beast Curiosities. Now, they don't just offer beard oil. They have quite a few different products available through them. Um, you definitely want to go ahead and check them out at BeastCuriosities.com. But I specifically tried the beard oil. Um, I tried Hell's Respite. I tried Tears Loyalty. And I tried, give me one second, Yord's Wilderness. All of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice 
and was good to smell and other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they try really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's gonna do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products till so they got the great one together and they call it their magical beard oil. I will tell you, it is magical. It smells great. Even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours, my beard still smelled great and felt great. So with that said, I'm going to tell you to go ahead and check them out. Again, they're not only beer oil, but Beast Curiosity is a place you want to go. BeastCuriosities.com. You can also email him and check out his products at Beast at BeastCuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at BS Curiosities. And you can also find them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Beast Curiosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit. So go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. Hey everyone, welcome back um, to the Modern Heathen Man. This is Joe, and I want to thank you for joining me today. I wanted to talk today a little bit about heathen friendship. Um, in my reading this morning, I was reading the Have Mall, and I started with Have Mall number nine, and it literally goes to Have Mall. Um, let's look here to make sure I want to get it right. Let's say Have Mall 34. And from Have Mall 9 to Have Mall stanza 34, let, let me just read it for you and we'll go over it, okay? So let's just go and I'll read and we'll go from there. So let's begin with Have Mall stanza number 9. Happy is he who hath in himself praise and wisdom in life. For gift doth a man ill counsel get when tis born in another's breast. Let's go to number 10. If a person takes with him knowledge, he can take nothing better, for this is the greatest thing he can take with him. A better burden can no man bear on the way than his mother's wit. Tis the refuge of the poor and richer, it seems, than wealth in a world untried. That's two different translations of that. The first is from um, a friend, and the second is the actual translation from, I want to make sure I'm getting this right, Give me one second. I'm going to read where my translations come from. Um, the Olive Bray translation. Um, so another one was from a friend. I, that's number 10. So the first the first one talks about um, having knowledge. You know, happy is a person that has knowledge in life. You know, um, he takes that knowledge with him. But too often, a man um, gets counsel when he's looking at another man. So a lot of times, again, this is speaking on basically what I was talking about earlier. You know, you know, we have Facebook today and we have all the social media and we have Twitter and we have, you know, all these different accounts we can go to. And we begin to look at other people and we begin to use their knowledge. I... I say this all the time, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but the idea that 
it's too easy for heathenry today to get muddled up because a lot of times we don't trust in the people we're supposed to. When we had questions in the time gone by, we would ask that question of the gods and of the ancestors, and we would wait on and dwell on those things until we receive those answers. Today, I can plop on there and say, hey, what does everybody think about blank? And I get, you know, a hundred different answers. And in some ways, that's good, but in some ways, that's bad, because as I talked about before, you know, our path is our path. And sometimes the answer for me is not the answer for you. The answer for my wife is not the answer for me, even if we're asking the same question. Um, we all have our own ancestors. We all have, you know, gods that show us favor. And we all have um, housewives and, you know, little people and stuff like that that all give us insight and pushes toward the things we need, not to mention the norns and everything else that they see. So our... Our answers we're getting are for us. And if we're taking someone else's answers and using them for us, that may not be the right way. Just saying. So consider that wisdom that you're receiving and consider whether or not you're looking at someone else's breast and getting their wisdom for your own and living their life, if you will. Okay, number 11 says, A better burden can no man bear on the way than his mother wit, and no worse provision can he carry with him than too deep a draught of ale. So again, you know, we're taking our wit with us, and um, we have to watch when we're becoming intoxicated on different things. And today, especially in modern heathenry, you know, the intoxication of looking at what other people are saying and stuff. I mean, I want to say without sounding glitchy, but, you know, Facebook is an addiction, and that addiction is real. I mean, there's people that cannot put that phone down, cannot get away from looking on Facebook and seeing what other people are posting, seeing what's going on in their lives, whether it makes them feel better about themselves or they just like that drama, they cannot stop watching it. Um, to go back in time a bit, it's almost like the old Jerry Springer show. As much as I wanted to stop watching, I just couldn't. I was mesmerized by these people, by their stories, by <laughs> the ideas of what was going on. And I'm thinking to myself, this cannot be real. And I'd watch it over and over. And, you know, I was almost addicted to it in a sense because I had to know what was going on. The other one that usually got me was the Maury Povich show. And always with the, you know, in the case of little baby so-and-so, you are not the father or you are the father and all these women and, oh, it got to be because he's the only person I slept with. These are all addictions and those addictions travel into our life. And as Odin's saying here, we need to keep our wisdom and our wit about us on what we're doing. And that wit and wisdom given to us by our mothers is the great thing that we want. And he's saying this because we have ancestors. And through our mothers is how we become ancestors because our mother bore us. So that's what we have to watch out for. Less good than they say for the sons of men is the drinketh oft of ale. For the more they drink, the less can they think and keep a match or their wits. That's number 12. And again, it's talking about ale and drunkenness and losing your wits when you are drunk. 
And again, this goes back to, you know, it doesn't specifically mean beer or ale or mead. We're talking about anything that can intoxicate us. A bird of unmindfulness flutters or ale feasts, willing away men's wits with the feathers of that fowl. I was fettered once in the garth of gun lures below. So here he talks about the knowledge that he has. So he gives us the, that information about being drunk and how it takes your wit away. And here he's talking about joining with friends. And he himself knows of this happening because this has happened to him. So he's basically saying to you, listen, I'm not just telling you this just to tell you this to, to make it look like I'm better than you, but this happened to me, so I'm telling you so it doesn't happen to you. I, I love that portion of it. Uh, number 14, drunk was I then. I was overdrunk in that crafty Jotun's court. But best is an ale feast when man is able to call back his wits at once. So he's saying here, look, man, I, I was there. I did it. I got drunk as can be. But listen, I'm telling you, the best way to be is to not be so drunk that you don't have your wits about you. Son and thoughtful and blow, bold in strife, the prince bairn should be joyous and generous. Let each man show him until he shall suffer a death. Here he's talking about giving of ourselves. Um, we, you know, even the boldest man in battle should give of themselves and be content with what they have. You know, so, so often we always want more, um, especially in the modern age and with the modern friendship and everything else that we have and the way it works today. We always want more. We're always looking for the better aspect of it. Um, I heard somebody say, you know, kids growing up today have no loyalty to anything or no loyalty to any brand whatsoever in the sense that the next best thing is coming and they're always looking for that. And I'll be honest with you, that type of lifestyle is not a good lifestyle. I mean, I look at it this way, you know, it's not like just having loyalty to a brand. I mean, like, oh, I love Colgate. I only use Colgate on my teeth, but wait, you know, this new one just came out and it's, you know, tooth butter. And I think that's really great. And I jump on the bandwagon of that, but it stems beyond that. It stems to, you know, friendships. Uh, I just talked about hand fasting yesterday. That could stem to your bride. I mean, if you hold no loyalty and don't understand loyalty, how can you be loyal to your bride? How can you be loyal to your friends? How can you be loyal to your kindred? How can you be loyal to the gods? And how can you be loyal to your ancestors if you don't understand what loyalty truly is? Definitely a problem in today's society. Um, so when I come back, we'll talk a little bit more. Um, I'll read number 16 and I'll go on from there and I'll just keep reading and we'll go, be going through this. This is a really great section on friendship and how friends should act toward one another. And then I'll discuss a little bit afterwards. So, um, we'll go ahead and I'm going to get a break and get some of the drink and I'll be right back guys. Thank you so much. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. 
Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse, and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night, and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. back and thanks for joining me so let's go into number 17 here a fool will gape when he goes to a friend and mumble only or mope but pass him the ale cup and all in a moment the mind of the man is shown so talks here about you know going to your friend and you know knowing the difference between a good friend and a bad friend you know bad friends will just sit there and complain all the time they'll come over drink your beer complain mumble whatever and the minute you give them some beer you know they're happy for a while and then they go back to being you know the know-it-all wise person who has everything you know number 18 he knows alone who has wandered wide and far has fared on the way what manner of mind a man doth own who is wise of head and heart. It talks a little bit about traveling. He knows alone who has wandered wide and far has fared on the way. Um, so if you wander, you know, you want a friend who's well-traveled, who understands life and not just traveled in the world itself, but traveled in life. I mean, I always find some of the, the closest people I can um, cling to are older people. I like what they have to say. They've been to the mill a couple times. They can tell me anything that I'm going through. They probably went through twice. So they're a good, uh, they're a good book to open and read with. Keep not the mead cup, but drink thy measure. Speak needful words or none. None shall upbraid thee for lack of breeding. If soon thou seekest thy rest. So in other words, you know, when you're drinking, don't, Try not to say too much. Try not to be the know-it-all. Try not to be um, the person who has every answer in the world. And you know what? If you have to, nobody's going to bother you if you say, hey, I'm going to retire early because I'm tired. Nobody gives you grief for that. That's basically what he's saying there. A greedy man, if he 
be not mindful, eats to his own life's hurt. Off the belly of the fool will bring him to scorn when he seeks the circle of the wise. In other words, man, don't overstay your welcome. You know, if you're there at a meal, don't overeat your welcome. Don't overstay your welcome. Don't be greedy. Don't, you know, treat somebody the way you wouldn't expect to be treated. Herds know the hour of their going home and turn them again from the grass. But never is found a foolish man who knows the measure of his maw. Again, foolish people don't know when it's time to say enough is enough, you know? It, it reminds me of that guy that used to always show up to your parties when you were younger, and he'd always show up and, you know, oh, I got $2 to add to the beer thing. He'd add $2 to the beer thing, you'd buy a case, and he'd drink, you know, half the beer. And everybody else is sitting there going, man, I only got one beer, and I put like $5 in. But he only put $2 in, and he ate, drank six. Those are the type of people we don't want as friends. Those are the type of people we don't want to have around those are the type of people who we don't want to be. The miserable man and evil-minded makes of all things a mockery and knows not that which he best should know, that he is not free from faults. In other words, you know, there's always somebody pointing a finger at somebody else. Let's not be that person that always finds fault in everybody else. Sometimes we have to look at ourselves. I... Uh, through life, I've always called it window shopping. And sometimes we have to sit back and we have to window shop our own lives. And by that, I mean, if you look at some of the old movies and stuff, not too much anymore, but a lot of places used to have these beautiful, extravagant windows they created to show off the stuff they had inside. And it would be like mannequins, or like a family scene or something like that. And everything in there was something they offered within that store for sale. And it was really big, like, especially at Christmas, where they come up with all these different, you know, window themes and stuff like that. And when I was a young man, I used to think to myself, wow, you know what? That's really cool. We can see what's going on. We can make our own impression of what we saw happening in those scenes. Um, and as I got older, I thought to myself, I need to window shop my life more and see what I can see standing out here away from the situation. How would it look to me looking in? What would I see? What would I believe is happening here as opposed to what I know is happening because I don't always know what's happening, even though I think I do. So sometimes we have to window shop our lives, and that's what that's talking about. The unwise man weans all who smile and flatter him are his friends, nor notes how oft they speak him ill when he sits in the circle of the wise. So if we do all these things and we're this person, we're going to find out real quick that our friends talk about us when we're not around and not favorably. Um, now, some of us are talked about unfavorably, even though we are good friends. I mean, that's just the way the nature of the world today. And we can't stop that. But let's not be one of those people who talk about our, I don't want to say our bad friends, but the friends that don't meet the expectations of what Odin considers a good person here. Let's try not to find fault in them. Let's window shop ourselves and begin to look at ourselves and see if we can't help them be better people. The unwise man weans all who smile and fatter him are his friends. But when he shall come unto court, he shall find there are few to defend his cause. 
I mean, that's just plain and simple. Again, you know, he thinks he has a lot of friends because he does this or the other thing. And if he acts like that, no one's going to show up to defend this man, you know, when he's in trouble. And that's not what he wants. The one man wise thinks all who know while he sits in a sheltered nook, but he knows not one thing, what he shall answer if man shall put him to proof. So a lot of times you have people that are know-it-alls and have no proof of what they've done or, you know, no, um, I don't want to say that's right, no pedigree for what they are, if you will. That's the best way to describe it. For the unwise man, tis best to be mute when he came amid the crowd. For no one is aware of his lack of wit if he wastes not too many words. If he who lacks wit shall never learn, though his words flow never so fast. In other words, sometimes we need to listen more than we talk. And I mean, that sounds really weird coming from me doing a podcast because all I do is talk, but... Honestly, sometimes it's important to listen. In the listening, we hear. And in the hearing, we're able to understand. And in the understanding, we're able to build better friendships. Wise he is deemed who can question will and also answer back. The sons of men can no secret make of the tidings told in their midst. So, a smart person is going to go ahead and ask questions about things. Um, And asking a question doesn't make you stupid. I don't know how to explain that to everybody. Like when I used to teach um, beekeeping and stuff, just because you ask a question doesn't make you stupid. It doesn't make you the person that everybody has to look at because nine times out of ten somebody else has that question. I always turn around and say, you know, sometimes I'm not clear in what I say. And if ever I'm not clear, you have the ability and the right to question me and ask me what I meant by what I said. I have no problem with that. I don't believe that that's a problem at all because I learned a long time ago, uh, I think it was Einstein. I want to say it was Einstein made a comment that you don't truly understand it if you cannot explain it to a two-year-old. I like that concept. I like the idea of that. So, you know, I picture, you know, Einstein with his theory of relativity trying to explain that to a two-year-old and saying, you know, I truly don't even understand what I have found because I can't explain it to a two-year-old. So sometimes it's good to ask questions because, If we can't explain it to a two-year-old, we can't understand it ourselves. Uh, Where was I here? 28. That's where I was. So 29. Too many unstable words are spoken by him who ne'er holds his peace. The hasty tongue sings its own mishap if it be not bridled in. I mean, that's just common sense. You talk too much. I mean, don't talk too much about yourself. Don't talk too much about you. Don't talk too much about what you've done. Let your friend talk a little bit as well. Let no man be held as a laughing stock, though he come as guest for a meal. Wise enough see many while they sit, dry-skinned, and are not put to proof. 
don't judge somebody just by how they outwardly appear. I mean, that's just common sense. Um, a lot of smart people don't do much talking. A lot of smart people are silent. A lot of really good friends and really good people don't need to bring attention to themselves to be considered good people. Number 31. A guest thinks him witty who mocks at a guest and runs from his wrath away. But none can be sure who jests at a meal that he makes not fun among foes. Be careful that guy who makes fun of your friends with you, your other friends, because nine times out of ten he's probably making fun of you with your other friends when you're not there. That's all that that says. I mean, that's pretty even. Often, though, their hearts lean towards one another. Friends are divided at table. Ever the source of strife will be that guest will anger guest. In other words, if I'm your friend, one day we're going to fight. We're going to fight over something stupid. We're going to fight over the dumbest thing, and we're going to say things we don't mean to each other. And in the end, we're going to regret that because we're going to realize the truth behind who you are, who I am. And in the long run, we're going to regret that we ever did that to you. <clears throat> A man should take always his meals be times unless he visits a friend or he sits and mopes and half famished seems and can ask or answer not. In other words, you should eat before you visit your friend, not that you go there famished and your friend feels obligated to feed you consistently. Um, and always show, you know, it's also talking about showing up at your friend's house ready to be happy and joyous and I don't want to say content, but content while you're there so that you and your friend can get down to the business of being friends. Long is our number 34. Long is the round to a false friend's leading, even if he dwell on the way. But though far off fared to a faithful friend, straight are the roads and short. This is one of my favorite pieces of the have mall. Basically, it says that a good friend's house is close no matter how far it is, but a bad friend or a perceived bad friend's house is far off, no matter how close it is. A guest must depart again on his way, nor stay in the same place ever. If he bid too long on another's bench, the loved one soon becomes loathed. Don't overstay your welcome. I mean, that's... Common sense. One's own house is best, though small it may be. Each man is master at home, though he have but two goats and a dark thatched hut. Tis better than craving a boom. Don't, don't covet what your friends have. And I don't mean to sound like I'm preachy there, but basically be happy with what you have and be happy in what you have because it's yours. Don't be envious of what your friends have and think that you want what they have and become jealous of what they own. It's not good. One's own house is best, the small it may be. Each man is master of home. With a bleeding heart will he beg who must his meat at every meal. Um, don't be the beggar. I mean, that's all there is to it. 
Let a man never stir in his road a step without a weapon of war, for unsure is he, knowing when he need shall arise, or a spear on the way without. We always want to keep ourselves armed to defend our friends no matter what. That's basically what that says. Don't leave your weapons at home. Always bring them along. Even when you're going to a friend's house, you want to be armed, not because you feel your friend needs to... uh, you need to protect yourself against your friend, but your friend need protection from something else. So, uh, number 39. I found none so noble or free with his food who was not glided with a gift, nor one who gave of his gifts such store, but he loved reward. Could he win it? In other words... He's never met anyone who has so much that they won't receive a gift from a good friend. Number 40, let no man stint him and suffer need of the wealth of his one in life. Oft is saved for a foe what was meant for a friend, and much goes worse than one weans. Um, this talks about how you spend your money. Um we really should share what we have with our friends. It shouldn't be expected that they do the same for us, but it should be expected that we do it for them. We should expect of ourselves to share with them what we have. With remnant and arms shall friend gliden each other. So has one proved oneself for friend last longer. If fate be fair, who give and give again. That's number 41 and number 42 Tis his friend a man shall bear him as friend, and gift for gift bestow. Laughter for laughter, let him exchange, but leastening pay for a lie. This is just about gifting your friends things and not expecting money back and receiving it. Number 43. To his friend a man shall bear him as friend, to him and a friend of his. But let him beware that he be not the friend of one who is friend of his foe. I mean, that is just right there. Don't be your enemy's friend when you're trying to be your friend's friend. And don't be your friend's enemy's friend. Hast thou a friend whom thou trustest well, from whom thou cravest good? Shall thy mind with him gift exchange with him, fair to find him oft. In other words, if you have a really good friend, spend time with them. Really give the gift of yourself to them. Um, you know, the rest of it talks more about gifts and being happy and stuff. We're going to stop there at 44. I'm going to take a break here for a second and come right back and discuss um, a little bit about, you know, what's expected of us based on those things. So give me one moment and I'll be right back. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, 
it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Cars everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small DE poles of five to six inches for $40, seven to eight inches for $45, nine to 10 for 50, and 11 to 12 for 60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdall, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Scotty, Sif, Air, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So you can meet anybody's needs. Tell them what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Joe, and I'm back with Modern Heathen Man. So, I'm going to talk, um, just me talking. I'm not going to read um, for the last segment here. We use the word friend um, very lightly today, very differently than they used it back then. Um, social media and modern heathenry um, has changed quite a bit over the years. Um, I don't know if Odin would have foreseen the internet and how it affects our lives as people, as heathens, as kin, as kindreds, even as family. With that said, um, I'll add this. And I'm sorry, Jesse, I'm going to talk to you about you a little bit here and it's going to be good, but you'll like it either way. I hope anyway. So my friend Jesse, and again, friend, here we go. So, my friend Jesse has Midgard musings, and I call Jesse a friend, but in the real sense, I don't know if we are. And I don't mean this mean, Jesse. Please don't misunderstand me. What I mean by that is I've never actually physically met Jesse. We've talked on the phone. We've talked online. I've watched his um, Midgard musings um, casts and his podcasts and his um, YouTube videos. I've watched him live on Facebook. Um, we've done some ventures together. I advertise for him because I've used his um, his services as regard musings. I mean, I know his wife. I, you know, I know stuff that goes on in their family. I know what's going on sometimes a little more personal than most people. 
but I've never physically met them. I've never actually sat down at their table. I've never broken bread with them. I've never shared a meal. We've never bloated together. We've never sun bolted together. We've never shared a cup of mead. All of those things. So the question is, is he truly a friend? Well, I believe he is, and I believe he has the best interest of me at heart when we talk to each other. I believe him and I have a connection, um, whether that connection be, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles away. We share in heathenry. We share some of the same beliefs. We believe the same way. One of the things he talks about quite a bit that I really like that he says is um, he talks about this thing called false kinship. Um we all too often use the word brother or sister when we're discussing people that are not literally our brothers or sisters. Um, even in our kindreds, you know, hey, brother, how's it going, man? Oh, I'm doing great today. You know, we'll talk to each other like that. But are we truly brothers? I mean, that's brotherhood, friendship, acquaintances, um, and things of that nature. Those lines have been blurred over the years by... I don't want to say Christendom, but, you know, when you join a church, you're instantly brother so-and-so. You know, are we truly brothers? I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd lay down my life for some of the people that I've gone to church, which, like, I would for my real brothers. Um, I don't know if in the heathen community, if I would lay my life down for some of those people as I were my brothers. And there's no way I can expect of them the things that I expect of my brothers and know to be true of my true brothers. Um, with that said, I mean, I understand the false kinship. And, you know, we are kindred spirits in that way, you know, Jesse and I. I do consider Jesse a friend, though, I will say that. But in the old sense of the word, I do not. I mean, again, we've never met. We've never shared a cup of anything. We've never sat down and had a beer. We've never, you know, I've actually never physically touched Jesse, like, to shake his hand or anything. So we've never been within, let's say, 20 feet of each other to even see each other with our own eyes. But... We have struck in a camaraderie, a familiarity, um, a point where I'm able to call him and he will answer the phone and he's able to call me and I will answer the phone. And I know what's expected the minute I answer the phone. It's either we're going to laugh, we're going to joke, we're going to have a good time, we're going to talk about peppers, we're going to talk about you know heathenry and so on and so forth. And the time that I do spend speaking with him, I've come to enjoy. And the time I listen to him and Midgard Musings, I've come to enjoy. So modern heathenry and the construct of modern heathenry is so much different than it used to be um, when it comes to friends. So all those things we read in the Have Mall today talk about giving gifts, sharing ale, sharing companionship, knowledge, faith, um, visiting, physically being there for somebody. I mean, these are all things we know of as friendships. So what's expected of us as heathens with this friendship? Well, we come back to that word frith, and we come back to um, the idea of how we give frith and how we give orlong and how we, you know, deal with one another. And in doing so, we build rapport with one another. I think in heathenry, friendship is a little more in-depth than just, you know, in regular life. 
Um, we all have best friends and we all have this, we all have that. But in heathenry, we share a little bigger bond. I mean, ancestors obviously go back to two people like we know, the original mother and the original father of the human race. You know, and truly are we kin to one another, but we're so separate, it's ridiculous. And we're so separated by this, that, and the other thing that we really don't know that. But ancestry and our gods and those things around us we share. I mean, we understand the you know necessity for us to be with one another. And then we put ourselves in the groups and we call those groups kindreds. And those kindreds are supposed to be like family units and so on and so forth. And it's a little more in depth than it is in regular life with friends. I, I mean, friends we know of, they come over, they have a good time, we share a potluck dinner, they all go back, you know, birthday parties full of kids and everything else. But heathenry, I think a little more is expected of us to be friends. Once we add that tag to someone, I think we kind of oath ourselves in a bond with them of some type. And we need to honor that. We need to honor the time and effort and labor put into that. And the idea that we are together on that path for that bit. I mean, I talked about how the path goes and sometimes people jump on and sometimes people jump off. But our frith on that path and how we deal with one another and how we, you know, portray one another is really important. We know how Odin feels that certain people are not good friends and what that means to not be a good friend. But we owe it to our real friends to be good friends. And we owe it to them to be there for them. Um, I know my kindred, I make myself available for everybody in the kindred all the time. I try to, I mean, there's, there's pressing times that I have no choice but to do something else. Um, but with that said, I mean, not everybody in my kindred is my friend either. I don't want to say it that way. Um, there are some acquaintances there, but there are some people that I'm very close to in our kindred. And I, I really um, am honored by those people and honored that they would um, spend the time with me and my family. So with that said, I think what's expected of us as heathens in friendship is just an honoring of one another, an honoring of each other in the sense that we don't go talk about um, people behind other people's backs. We don't go, um, you know, just being a bad friend. We, we don't do what we wouldn't expect people to do for us. That's, I mean, we'll go back to the golden rule, which is the a Christian concept of do unto others as you would have others do unto you. I mean, that's good. That's just good PR. That's just good people, period. I mean, um, constructs of society say that we should do that anyway. That's just how we expect to be treated. So I think we have to, you know, look at ourselves daily and in our meditation, determine what kind of a friend we want to be and what kind of a friend we want to have because all too often the friend that we are emulates the friends that we have. Um, and a lot of times if we have friends that are, you know, we think are doing this, or we think are doing that. A lot of times we're projecting that onto them because that's how we are. I'll say this without sounding mean or nasty to anyone. I learned a long time ago, you know, nine times out of ten, the person yelling cheater is the one cheating at the game. Um, so nine times out of ten, if 
you know, you have an acquaintance or someone you consider a friend who believes you to be blank or blank or blank and puts any number of tags in there, it's because they are that way themselves and they project that onto other people thinking that other people can't be real because this is how they are. Um, and I'm not saying it mean, don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying make sure you shop around before you consider who truly is friends and who is acquaintance. Um, with that said, I want to thank you all for joining me here today at Modern Heathen Man. I hope this has helped you a bit. I hope I'm able to um, help you become a better friend. I hope I help myself become a better friend to those of you out there that are my friends. Um, I do cherish each and every one of you um, that are my friends. And I, I strive every day to be a good friend for you. If I fall short, please forgive me. Please let me know that I'm falling short as your friend, and I will do my best to be better. Um, with that said, I want to hail you for being here. I want to hail all my friends for um, taking the time to listen to my podcast. I want to hail those who are not my friends that I don't know that are listening to this podcast um, for wanting to be a better friend. I want to be a better person. I want to be a better heathen. Um, keep up your frith. Keep up the good work. And I want to thank you all for listening to me. And tell you all, have a wonderful, wonderful Odin's Dogger. And um, I've enjoyed it. Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye.